0: Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker. This episode is powered by the Job Center Staffing. Hey, Black, have you ever heard of Kelly Kapowski? Please, the chick
1: from Saved by the Bell. Are you going to tell me you had a poster of her hanging up too? Hell
0: yeah, I did. Who didn't?
1: Well, have you heard of Hillary Duff?
0: I sure have. She's the modern day Kelly Kapowski.
1: Yeah, well, let's just say my boy Charles Michael
0: Davis. He knows Miss Duff on a much more intimate level. So you're telling me Charles is an accomplished actor and has had screen time with Hillary Duff? Deck.
1: No poster needed. Welcome to the show, Charles. I got my man Chuck Dizzle. Chuck D. Hi. Made his way to Cincinnati, Ohio.
0: Yep, made it back back home. Well. Ohio. Ohio, Ohio. It's been a while since you've been here. so. But we're from Dayton. We are, we are. 937 with another shout out. I tried yeah. to tell Kyle how sweet Dayton He really tries to incorporate isn't. Dayton and 937, I think, into every episode. So you're, you're, you're keeping we coming. We did it, yeah. So, <laughs> we did it, all right, yeah. check. Yeah. Yeah. 937. That, that
1: plug is complete. <laughs> yeah. uh, episode over. <laughs> and what's funny is I knew how I wanted to start this interview, but then Charles hits us with this little nugget uh, before we started recording. Uh, about the six foot and under... Asian basketball you start with league. That? I, I definitely want to start
2: with that. that. It's the highlight <laughs> of my career. I went to California and joined a six foot and under Asian basketball league. I think people sleep on your athleticism. Not only did he not join,
0: he won. he won. Oh, we won.
2: Yeah, we <laughs> so won. So you dominated. Yeah, we did pretty good. Now, Would it be
0: fair to say you're like the Kobe Bryant of the six feet and under Asian LA basketball league?
2: Nah, I wasn't that intense. I was more like the LeBron. (laughs) All right, (laughs) I was a team player. I love Kobe. No, no offense,
1: (laughs) but you might not take the
2: last shot. You might pass it. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You're not gonna let that fall back on you. Yeah. The style. The style. Kobe's more like you know Kobe Jordan, and LeBron's like LeBron Magic. Magic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. One of my style, I think he's a LeBron. LeBron guy. I'm a LeBron guy, I'm oh, a Cleveland are?
0: fan, so yeah, we're Kobe guys from Dayton,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I love Kobe, I love his
1: love. everything about him, love his yeah. work ethic, everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you're so you're so you're
2: legit six foot because Wikipedia has your age wrong, as we know. No, we don't know that. <laughs> and, nobody, and nobody needs to know that. Actually. That but is, now they know. So now <laughs> they know. It's wrong. I'm actually a lot younger than that. <laughs> Almost 30. No, but see, see, the thing is, is, in L.A., it's actually against the, the law, I, I don't know, um, labor laws. In, in an audition, they can't say, like, how old are you? Um, directly, you know, and they can't really, and they can't ask what your ethnicity is. So they'll try these little tricks around, it and they go, "Oh, so where are your parents from?" And I'm like, "My dad's from Kentucky," <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, and my mom's from the Philippines. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> diversity check. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy how that is. Yeah, but it's politics. Yeah. Well, also one of the things you don't know is like um, you, you'll you'll recognize is when you watch those teenage shows. Um, the guys are usually a lot older. Guys are like twenty-seven, twenty-eight, and the girls probably really are around like eighteen or nineteen. One, there's labor laws, so if you get someone under eighteen, you can only shoot for like eight hours, ten hours of the day, and they have all these restrictions. So, also, it looks weird if you have um an eighteen-year-old boy and an eighteen-year-old girl because girls develop earlier, so that's not really sexy on TV. So the guys would be like interesting, like five, ten years older. See, look how charles already incorporated
0: labor law into a staffing company uh sponsored podcast so <laughs> you're funny like there's probably we have a lot of clients that have been wanting the jobs center our, our services to come out to california and you're speaking of labor laws like out there is just really difficult to do business so mm. the fact is is um you yeah, we've been having consultants same thing like labor laws eeoc you know mm. department of labor stuff is just crazy so
2: it's a different yeah. world out there for sure yeah Yeah, and they like to protect their rights and everything, so you got to be, you know, up on everything for sure. But you do look. I I mean, I'll I'll say, he
0: could be like twenty some odd years. So don't don't age him, man. Yeah, don't age me. Don't age me on the air. Yeah, don't age him on air because we know it's this is all uh, the underdog podcast is now trying to you know hire his age. He wants to stay younger. Or the ladies. Yeah, don't
2: don't keep me from getting a job.
0: I'd say you're, I'd say you're, I'd say you're pretty well employed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gainfully employed. Gainfully employed. I love that word. Gainfully employed.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, well, I know we wanted to kick this off and this is obviously the underdog and we want to talk about, you know, your journey. Uh, you and I are, you know, friends from, from our college days back in Oxford in Miami of Ohio. Um, and I tell the story, you know, once we graduated, I looked up a few years later and I remember Charles said, Hey, I'm going to LA to be an actor. And I was like, you know, like most people, good luck. Like that most people don't make it and Mm. whatever. And I looked up and there was a, uh, (laughs) flipping the channel. My man's doing, he's racing on a Bud Light commercial. I'm like, okay, there's Chuck. Then the next thing I know is, uh, You know, he puts a picture. This is my space days. He puts a picture up of uh, him and Will Smith. And I'm thinking to myself, my man's on. He's on the way. And and I I thought it was just really, really cool to see, you know, what was happening and to see your career kind of unfolding, you know, in front of not only my eyes, but everyone's eyes and probably yourself as well. But uh, talk about that transition. I know when you were at Miami, you started your master's program. Mm -hmm. and we talked about this the other night and you literally said you just dropped out you weren't even going to class because you had a new vision talk about that vision and kind of where that whole everything started
2: yeah um because i don't have a um a background in theater i never did acting class or any theater i was is only sports. Actually, when we were at Miami, I took social dance class. I did too. Where you went with Eric Aiken. <laughs> yeah. You learn like the Fox Trot. You didn't do horseback riding? That's what I did. Oh, I didn't know. No. Did you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Dang, you I should, I'll missed out. Yeah. But at least you did something that helped you in your career. <laughs> <laughs>
2: horseback riding has done zilch for me. So. Makes you more well rounded. I can right. tell your posture in that chair. <laughs> <laughs> side sail no nah, no nah, very back <laughs> Um, I, when I was at, uh, taking social dance, there's a, uh, um, you know, you switch partners. And so you just small talk. What do you do? Where do you live? What's your major? So I switched with this girl and asked her, What's your major? And she said, Theater. And I was like, So what are you going to do after you graduate? And she looked at me like, oh, I'm going to move to LA and become an actor. And I was just like, I like, had to like suppress this laughing. I was like, Good luck. <laughs> and then yeah, lo and behold, a few months uh, later you know i was that that's what i was doing um but let's see how did it how did it all start oh, i i had uh, an agent in um cincinnati and so um because the part of your question was about and I'm blanking <laughs> I'm like, I got sidetracked with that story. And I was like, that girl I told.
0: So where did the vision start? Like as far as- You dropped out of- You dropped out of, or not, did you drop out of Miami then? Or- you yeah, Left Miami, yeah, right? Yeah. Cause, Cause doing you got print. with a talent agent in Cincinnati and then got to LA. You were doing some print So probably. like went through that process.
2: Oh, right, right, right. Um, Yeah, and he took me to um, a convention in Florida and he's like, um, you know, I'm gonna sponsor you. And so you gotta do the acting portion of this um competition. So I did that. Um, did really well. I got callbacks. Um, I ended up being like second overall actor in this competition in my head. I was like, I must be one of the best actors in the world then with some training. I'll (laughs) I'll definitely, so I was like, I'm going to drop out of school and move to LA. That's a logical, the next logical step. Um, so it all happened really fast. Um, you know, yeah, it just kind of popped up.
1: And I think, you know, what we talk about a lot is really just betting on yourself. You know what I mean? Because what are you, a lot of people struggle with when they graduate. What are you going to say? No, no, I'm just, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just waiting for you to drop this knowledge nugget. Well, and I think a lot of that comes down to betting on yourself. So you move out to California and, you know, no, no theater background. You know, you've done some print modeling here, but to take that transition onto the big screen, what, you know, what, what goes into okay, now I'm here, you know, what do I do from here? How does that transition into going onto the screen or, or you know, finding a role um, and, 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 you know, what is that process and what's going through your through your mind as you're kind of making that transition to say, you know what, this is something, I'm here now, like I've I bet on myself, you know, yeah. what,
2: what? how do I take advantage of this full opportunity? Um, gosh, I mean, that's a lot um, as far as, as that thought process like it's it's a quick decision but to get there um it's quite an internal journey because the commitment to move out to LA is one thing and then what do you do when you're there and so for me I had to face reality and I didn't have any experience in theater so in my head I'm like I have to become that kind of person you know so like that was my first acting role was like becoming an actor so I'd be like well what do they do what do they know what do they study so I just bought every acting book and I would read it while at work. Um, I took any class, I talked to anyone that I met that like was an actor Um, and I just dove in and it's kind of just that I started on that 10,000 hours kind of thing, you know, where I knew if I put it in now, Um, I still had a long road to go before I would actually be proficient, but I just like, I worked my ass off. So I tried to fill my time as much as possible with absorbing anything. Because the way I looked at it was I was already years behind um, the theater kids and the people who like, you know, grew up and auditioning for Broadway and things like that. Um, And I knew that I'm going into a, a city Uh, a big city, an expensive city. And so I needed to like give myself a shot. Otherwise the odds were pretty, would be pretty much against me, you know, uh, in in a, in a big way. Um, So it was a lot of focus and it was a lot of focus of like, of, of being an athlete. You just strip away what doesn't matter. You know, you see what everybody else is doing and they're into this and they're into that. And you know, you have to put so many hours into, um, you know your sport um and so i i knew like i don't have a coach there's no one you know there's no i'm not going to go to the acting gym for three hours and get it in so i was just like i'm my own coach i gotta i gotta like you know put myself uh through the tests and challenges so i yeah i signed up for voice classes i signed up for voiceover lessons i signed up for movement dance um i you know still do music um and anything and everything that seemed to pertain to the art um, I just like, uh, uh, just ate it up, soaked it up.
0: So we've interviewed a couple people and it sounds like in, in one common theme we've seen is being all in. And it sounds like you were just that. So explain a little bit. I, I haven't heard a ton about the 10,000 hours. Explain a little bit more of that philosophy. It takes, you know, you have to commit to a craft for at least 10,000 hours to get
2: maybe a result or what is what is the whole mindset of ten thousand hours? Oh, I think I think there's a term uh, coined by Malcolm Gladwell um, in his book Outliers. Plug for Malcolm Gladwell. I'll take ten percent of your sales from here on out. <laughs> we'll take another five. <laughs> okay, but he, I think uh, the 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 premise of the book was to seeing you know um, natural talent um, versus hard work, and for those pe- people who put in ten thousand hours, um, by that point they become so proficient. Um, it was. It didn't matter if they were going up against someone who seemed to be, you know, quote unquote, naturally talented. The 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 playing field was evened, you know, it was, it was level. Um, and as far as the commitment goes, um, I knew that you have to be all in, but to the de- degree where there's no plan B. And that was a lot of things when you talk to people, they move out to L.A., they have a plan B or they have a time frame. So right there, you're already giving yourself an out. So you're not going to be that committed so you were never committed in the first place, like in your head when you moved out there, if you had a plan B, you know, it's just kind of like, well, what are you doing here? Cause you're gonna get eaten up. And I remember this from Miami when I showed up as a freshman, um, this was even before Orientate, it was like, uh, uh, you know, when you just show up over the summer to kind of get situated and I met a guy on the track team and I was like, oh, I'm gonna come and run track. And he was like, okay. And then I showed up on the team and it was this guy Skip and I was like, hey, Skip, you remember me? We met in uh, orientation. I said I was gonna be a track team. He goes, oh yeah, I do. He goes, I don't really take, I didn't really take it seriously because a lot of people say they're gonna come and do something and then they don't make the team or they just don't cut it in the first year. So he's like, I didn't even bother to get to know you. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, but I, after you know the first year, it's like I understood because it was hard, right? You know, but I was running for like my scholarship. So I knew about that kind of commitment. And then with like the people I researched, we were talking about this, like I heard Jay-Z say this line where he's like, I put my life on the line, what do you bring to the table? And so he was saying, oh, like, you know, at its at the core, the only thing you have to bet on yourself, what's the thing of the, the most value if you're gonna go to the casino and put it on the table? It's not the money, it's your life, you know? And so I was like, well, am I willing to bet my life on um, the opportunity to have the life of a working actor? And I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) I was like, I seen Entourage. I know how they're living. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I want that life. And
1: did you have, so, and you've talked, we talked about this too. Um, Hollywood is made up of, of, of stories uh, of Mm -hmm. of people's, of stories. And then you touched on this and I thought this was really interesting and I wanted to wait to the interview. Can you talk about that? Uh, You said, you know, once you've made it, or as you're making, going through this transition and, and growing into an actor, like you start to realize that those stories are your actual life of who you truly are, and that's what you're living. It's not what you like. Mm. We just think it's television, but you, the story that we see, is actually Charles's life out to the public unfolding
2: you know in front of everyone's eyes yeah i I always tell people i'm not that good of an actor so i have to like live it and be it in order to play it on tv and what i notice of certain people um is yeah they personify who they are is just personified on screen and they really kind of are those people in real life but as 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 what i think you're referencing is i realized that um the characters that I like and the characters that I admire have a, a certain intensity and a way that they go about life and um, just their whole mindset. And it was kind of like to play that, you have to, to be that in real life. And this was something I read, it was, it was talking about Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad and it was using um, pivotal characters as the theme. So it was like a pivotal character is someone who can um, act as sort of like a fulcrum or a force to push something along. That's what makes them a pivotal character. They're literally something that you can pivot off of. So they have to be a strong personality and forceful and willful. <clears throat> and in society, it's kind of like, well, there's that. We would call them a leader, right? Um, but you wouldn't look at Brian Cranston and go, he's a leader. That's leadership. You know, his character in Breaking Bad, that's leadership quality. Um And so that made me open up and realize, oh, well, to be a pivotal character doesn't necessarily mean I have to be a leader in the sense of like get along or whatever it is, but also don't be a sheep, don't be a follower, because who wants to hire a follower to try to play a leader? I go, why do that? Just go get a real leader. Just go get someone who like moves through life with force and looks to move things around and change things, usually for the better, not to sell meth to like help support their family, <laughs> but he's trying to in better his position in life. Um, and so that was one of the things where I was like, oh, I gotta get out and I just gotta explore. I gotta learn about cultures. I gotta enmesh myself in life and be that kind of adventurous person. So then I looked at my life and I was like, okay, here's another choice. What kind of life do you wanna live? And I said, an adventurous one. And advent- adventurous, what that means what that word means to me, not necessarily what they sell you on adventure. You deserve a break today, go to McDonald's. Um, it's Southwest, get away and go where, like, <laughs> you know, and why? Um, so I had to define, well, what kind of life do I wanna live and what kind of adventure and what means something to me and what's really exciting. And then, you know, I'll go and I'll, I remember I, I got on um, Younger and they said, oh, you were the character like when you walked in you know, like we watched the tape and you're it. And I was like, okay, but that wasn't always me. You know, that that wasn't me in school. Right. I was like, I had to become that like in my real life, this ambitious kind of like, you know, uh, charming kind of guy in in, in order to sort of like stand out. Um, And so, yeah, you know, life imitates art and art imitates life. Wow, sustaining excellence.
0: Well, no, I think it's such a, if you take what Charles just said and incorporate it into even the business world, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it is a business, right? It's yeah. a profession that you're in obviously, but I think being genuine about your mission or like the role you play or the leader you are is critical. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. They can, so finding it's great to hear. I, I, first of all, <laughs> your industry is something I'm not too familiar with, but to understand within your industry at least the way you're approaching it is you're looking for roles that fit your character in real life. Right. Yeah. If I just heard you say, and I think that's pro- important even in business is like, I want to work with people or clients that I can be myself and be genuine. I don't want to be fake. Um, I want it to be natural. Right. Cause I think people can sense that natural um, ability or the natural engagement of it and they reciprocate or they engage back more effectively. So that's, that's something I, I never knew um, and I'm sure there's people in your industry that, like you said, have two different personas or take on things that might not be in their core belief, but, um, that's great. I love that. That's great insights. So. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, it's a, it goes back to in philosophical terms. I think it was Socrates said, know thyself. Um, and then if you know thyself, then you can build on strength. And that's one of the things like in the Bible is, you know, don't build your house on sand, build it on, on the rock. And then you got something to stand on and it's easier to build on strength and go from something you're pretty good at to being great. But if you're going from something that you're really weak at and to try to go to great. And I see people do that with their personalities. It's it's like they push aside certain aspects that they deem as weak or dark or whatever it is and they don't realize, well, you can incorporate that and you need to incorporate that because it is a part of who you are and then make it a strength. So let's say you got someone on your guys' team in the in the business world and they're really funny but they don't ever show that You know, the, in the meetings and you're like, wait, wait, you're really funny. Actually, that makes you really charming. Actually, you should be on the sales side and interact with people because you just light up but in this space, you know, they don't want to like stand out, and they don't want to be pointed out because when they're in school, they got called out for that. Stop talking, um, you're disrupting the class. You know, oh well, shit, that's a bad thing. I'm gonna push that aside, and it's like, no, 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 that's a strength. You know, you gotta know yourself, and then now you can build on it. And a lot of acting, moving out to LA, the the training is learning that so that you can fit it into your character. And as I tell Cal, I was like you know, to be myself, I was like, you know, you're gonna, you'll be paid very well to do that, to (laughs) self-actualize, you know? And I was telling him, it's like, it's on Maslow's need hierarchy. It's like, at the bottom, you know, you need food, shelter, security, then you move up, you got love and family. And at the very, very top of that pyramid, it's self-actualization, know thyself. Why is that at the top of the pyramid? Why is that, you know, like the highest, highest form? And it's because... You know, if you can move past all those fears of security, will I find somebody? Will I find a place? Yeah, this is America. You're going to do all right. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's a land of opportunity. Focus on self-actualization, and a lot of people never really get there. And to see that all those needs below the pyramid will be taken care of if you focus at reaching the summit. You know.
0: You you uh wow, first of all, very impressive. I I need to learn Black and Decker. We got a long way to go. We got a long way <laughs> so First of all, this is his 100 is like in a different universe. His quotes, obviously he's he's uh he's he's gifted. I got a lot of free
2: time. Man. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. <laughs> and watch a, and watch YouTube videos. <laughs> so
0: speaking of free time, take us through, I mean, for someone like myself that's kind of a, an outsider looking in that doesn't know a ton about maybe an actor's day to day. Talk us through like someone that's like myself, like what what is a day in the life of Charles Davis? When you have to work. When I have to work. (laughs) Or even both, you know, just kind of a natural
2: day. Okay, I'll give you a couple days like in a work week. Um, So recently I was uh, filming in Hawaii, so not a bad day. You wake up, sunrise, have a pina colada, the grass. No, go surf. Actually, I did go surfing one morning. <laughs> my, my buddy uh, Brian Griever, he talks about this. We woke up early. I had to be on set at like one o'clock. Uh, we went surfing at like ten on longboards out in the water. Um, I mean, that's that's not a typical day. But um, the days could either start early in the morning. I could um, have to be on set by like. Uh, 6 a.m., you know, go through hair and makeup. I could be there for 12 hours sometimes all the way to 6 p.m. and just be on set. Um, And some days, you know, might have a later call. We have a, you know, late call. Call time is when you have to show up for work. Um, So I know like in in normal, in society, it's like, you know, you can show up work Monday through Friday, nine o'clock we have to check our schedules and we get calls or we'll get an email so we check the email and some days we don't work and some days we have off and on those days my regular routine is um i usually sleep in and gain the hours that i might have lost from maybe an early call on a monday um and then i'll go to the gym and and just you know um relax and take care of errands and things like that and um for me personally I like to try to do something um, where I'll read a book. Um, I'll try to like study French or play the piano um, or watch some.
0: Try to play the piano? You I play, play it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> if, try to practice. If you want to go more. look on uh, one of the million YouTube videos, just uh, yeah. He's, he's pretty good at everything. I'm trying to figure it out. He can. Well, Beethoven? He, well, I didn't know he yeah, played yeah. basketball. We figured that out. And he can, you know, Six a, foot under he eight can eight. run. We know that. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Obviously, He can act, he can speak, he can recite great <laughs> like, and yet
1: he's single
0: <laughs> and he's very humble that's why i love. he's a humble good guy from ohio that hasn't lost his way you know that that's, that's what i love man date roots yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you say uh, you say i'm single like that's a bad thing it's, yeah we were gonna avoid the love life conversation. He,
2: your boy, your He's partner in crime over up. here, keeps trying to bring it back. So. Yeah.
1: What friends are
2: for.
0: Yeah. I'm, just trying to, I'm just trying to
2: increase uh, my chances of being on The Bachelor. <laughs> 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 Segue this into Dancing with the Stars. Hey, hey
0: we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take that clip and say, hey, get. We're gonna start a campaign, Charles Davis to The Bachelor. Let's make it happen. Would you actually speaking of that? Would you get on the show? would i get uh, no, no, no 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 that's no. not your style no no i what about any reality tv show have would you ever entertain um anything about like your life or even the dating life anything like that would you do any reality tv well reality tv
2: is actually a, it's a, a it's a broad genre right. you know cuz those hgtv shows are reality tv you right. know I would do that, yeah. I would do HGTV. HGTV. If you're watching, you can come to my house. You can fix it up. You can put in a jacuzzi. Uh, you can put in a uh, green wallpaper. The that I really like here in the office. Um, so, yes, to answer your question, yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Cool. Cool. I have to get some ladies. Uh... We'll have, to, we'll have to figure that piece out. I'll leave the lady piece alone. I'm sorry, Chuck. <laughs>
0: how do how do you think uh, Black and Decker would do in uh, in L A. You think we could make it? You think our podcast could could? We're could... mobile.
2: Yeah, I don't see why not. Do they
0: take guys in white polos with dogs on them.
2: L <laughs> <laughs> A. LA, people in L A. love dogs. Okay, so, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get away with that for sure. Okay.
1: Was there ever a point in time? Uh, you know, and you talked about Plan B. Was there ever a point in time like a, a role or something where you didn't? Get or where you kind of had a little self doubt. Obviously, self doubt is natural, but you you kind of said, you know what, like this may not be. But then, obviously, something comes along and, and kind of revitalize
2: that flame inside of you. Um. Well, I've never. Let's see. I'll think about how to answer this. Um. I remember Denzel saying, like, "What's for him is for him. What's for somebody else is for somebody else," and that's really the way I looked at it. Um. Because yeah when i moved out to la it was a long time before i got on my series and there's obviously a lot of auditions i didn't get and the way i looked at it was one i just wasn't ready two it was for somebody else and three i was actually very lucky not to get them because my career could have taken a, a a different um path mm. you know um there was one show um i did the pilot for it where i auditioned for one role it was a series regular they gave it to somebody else and they still hired me on as a guest star, so I was working on the show with that other actor who I could see now play the part that I also had auditioned for, and I realized we are completely different people um it was ian it's uh, Ian Reed Kessler um, who's a, a good friend now um, and you know we just ran into each other at um, the directors' Guild because he started directing, and I told Ian, I was like, "You know, man, you really came along in my life i don 't know if you realize this, but they're uh, meeting you and and, and and some of the knowledge that he dropped. Like when we were on the pilot, he was like, we went to lunch and he goes, there's one book that I read uh, that really helped me to focus and it was called The Slight Edge. And we were talking yeah. about this, but the example in The Slight Edge was, Slight Edge is about compound growth, slow growth. And it talks about like this water hyacinth that grows underwater for like 26 days, 25 days, and you don't ever see it. But then on day 27, it starts to pop up on the surface and it takes over like a certain percentage of the pond, let's say maybe 20%, 10, 20%. But on the next day, it'll grow to like 75. By day three, the entire pond is covered. he goes, that's what most people think is an overnight success. So he told me about this. I was like, I read the book. Years later, I got on the originals, I got the show, and I ran into Ian again, I was like, hey, I was like, it happened, man. <laughs> I was like, you told me to read the book. It happened. <laughs> and, and, you know, we went to lunch and everything. And then, of course, later we were at the Director's Guild. And I was like, it happened. I'm a director now. Look at you're a director too. <laughs> and this was uh, over the span of nine years. I think it was like 2009, or maybe about six or seven years. Um, but he also, I remember the another another thing that he taught me, we were again auditioning for another role, it was a comedy role for like a Disney sh- a Disney show. And um, I was like, we could hear all the other actors performing and, and auditioning, and I was like, wow, that's different. You know, that's a different choice. And then Ian goes in and performs, and I was like, wow, that was really different. That was not what I was gonna do. And he came out and I was like, Is, I was like, it's crazy. Isn't, isn't that crazy? We're auditioning for the same role and we clearly look different, we're different types. <laughs> And I was like, are you ever concerned about like what they're looking for? He goes, no, he goes, I do what I do and they know that I do what I do well. And if they want that, then they hire me. And that's what taught me like, you know, that I don't ever really feel like i ever lost an audition and feel like it reflects back on me. Maybe there's things mm-hmm. I wish I, I would have done differently, or, or for, differently, for me right. to express. Um, like I was on the show, The Game. And in the in the, the game, quarterback, I, yeah,
1: better quarterback than the man across from me. But we won't sit on, on that. oh, that was a dick. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Ooh.
0: He, he looks better than me. He wouldn't play better. Hey, <laughs> and he was, hey, you were a little. I, I saw the scene. Should we go in the parking lot and start throwing some footballs? Let's, <laughs> uh, ah, no, my shoulders, I got a bum shoulder now.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you probably show the clip or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's that scene where I come in and I, I announced that I'm the new quarterback, and um, I was like, man. I was like, I should have slammed the table and been like, you know, there's a new sheriff in town. I was like, why didn't I do that? And I held on to that for so long. So when I got the originals, I was like, oh, I'm gonna put that, (laughs) put that into the character. Um, but yeah, going back to, um, you know, if I ever felt like I lost something, this or that, no, I just felt like it was for somebody else or maybe it just, you know, I I obviously wasn't for me at the, at that time because I, I wasn't, just wasn't ready. You know, I guess in the, in the sports aspect, you know, you can see that somebody plays better, you know, it's not your time. Maybe you'll grow into it. Yeah. I think,
0: I mean, just hearing Charles, like someone can take away and, and relate it to anything they do is just like just your vision. is so like, just to hear it is just so motivating to me. And like, what we do is just staying so focused, like set your goals and then just committing to the craft. You talk about all the work being, you know, put in and then just control what you can control is what I just heard of like, Hey, you know, sometimes it's just not the right fit. And we talk about that too. Sometimes it's just, you know, evaluate it, go for it. But you know, sometimes the client might decide it's not the right fit and vice versa for us. We might say, you know what, we're not part of that solution or the right fit and it. Maybe it's not the best business decision for you or for us. So, I mean, that's just, it's just amazing to see the synergies, whatever profession or industry you're in. If you take that and just trust your process control and and, and commit to your craft and then, you know, know that you can control what you can control and then you got to keep moving forward. Yeah. Uh, It sounds like a lot of people probably get stuck in that rut of, Oh my gosh, I wasn't selected for that pilot. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I assume that's what makes your perseverance, whether if you, I don't know if that's from your childhood or from college athletics, but obviously that perseverance of overcoming, you know, whether you lost a race or for us, we lost a game or, you know, I threw an interception, you got to play the next play, you got
2: to run the next race. And I'm assuming that all has helped you. Yeah, and I and going back to what you're talking about, I think um, it's about that perspective about you know other trying to trying to talk to someone who doesn't see that um, timing, and it's just a matter of time. I had a buddy um, when I was uh, growing up, and he's like, "Let's play chess," and I was like, "Okay, cool, all right, let's play chess." We play chess. He beats me in four moves, and then he makes fun of me, <laughs> and he goes, "Well, let's play again." And I was like, "Okay." And he's like teaching me the moves. I'm like, okay, this move's here. You play again, he beats me in eight moves. And then he's like, I don't want to play you anymore. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh. So he when, after he left, I was like, man, that really sucks. I don't like that feeling. And so I downloaded a chess program, I learned how to play, I signed up for like Yahoo, at the time it was a Yahoo account, I created three accounts and I would play, and then I would play with a computer to show me which move I should have made, and I would just play regularly. So when he came over again, I was like, let's play chess. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, Maybe you do have a, too much time on his hands, man. <laughs>
0: hey, come back to Ohio, we, got, we both each got two kids, you know, you got some time on your hands, you learn how to play chess, play oh, the piano. you so well trained. <laughs> Oh, you have no idea. Just <laughs> I don't know if you're ever gonna have them, but yeah, you'll you'll think it's whew, Yeah,
2: ball game changing. Yeah, I for don't know sure. If I'm ready. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready. Wait, wait, keep waiting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know that that taught me like, um, you know, with with time I can learn. So in that in that meantime, he didn't practice, you know, and that showed me a lot. Like, yeah, I might not book a show this year or the or, or the next year, but I'm also not gonna quit. And also, I know I'm learning and putting in more work than other people. So that also helps me to build on the confidence. And you know, that's another big thing for, for me is, is is that word confidence, um, how key that is and where do you draw it from? I remember I watched a video and they are talking about Conor McGregor and I had a buddy tell me about Conor McGregor like, like in 2008 or nine, right? Yeah. Nobody knew about Conor McGregor, but he's like, you gotta like watch this guy. Like I watch his videos and then you watch him and he's talking about what he's gonna do. And you know, and then he does it. And a guy like did a breakdown video of why Conor McGregor is so confident. He goes, if you look at his confidence, he's not just like, oh, um, I'm the greatest, and I'm this, and I'm that. He goes, No, he's very specific about it. He goes, Oh, I know Jose Aldo, he's going to bite on this. I'm going to, you know, move in. I'm going to hit him with the left, you know. And then he does exactly that. And then they said, Well, what else makes you so confident? He goes, My work ethic. He goes, Nobody is in the gym as much as I am. So he goes, He's pointing to things that are actually very concrete that he can reference to. So he's not just speaking out of his ass. And so for anybody at any stage, and it's for me personally, I had to say, okay, where do I get my confidence from when I I wasn't a working actor? And I was like, well, I was a decathlete at Miami. I had good grades. I was uh, uh, also the NCA leadership uh, representative in 2004. So I'm a a leader. Um, I was second overall actor (laughs) in that cheesy competition. Uh, I go, okay, that's, that's okay, that's, that's good. Um, also, I packed up, I moved out to LA, like I did it. And then my confidence grew and grew and grew and it helps me and it helps anyone to uh, withstand sort of those slings and arrows of outrageous fortune that seem to befall you when, you know, you put yourself out into the world and you don't get the job or you get passed on. Rather than have that dig at your confidence, you see yourself as the kind of person who is able to deal with those things, self-perception. Yeah, and you said
0: you see yourself. Do you visualize a lot like where you're, like what your vision of your next steps are? Like, hey, this is where I visualized. Do you set goals as like an actor? Like, because you have to be so self-disciplined, right? Or mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you maybe have a team now, but like before as you're building, did you visualize where you're going and now you're achieving that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, the way I put it, it's like um, climbing a mountain. Um, at, at the very bottom, you can see to the top, you know, because your perspective, you're away from it. So you kind of know that's where I need to go. But as you move towards the base of the mountain and you start to climb, you don't see the, the pinnacle, uh, but you do see the next ledge. So that's your goal to go for. So as long as you keep moving up, Um, you know, so for me, it was like first visualize getting out to LA and then you get out to LA, you get, I got on that, on that precipice, that platform. And then I go, okay, well, what's the next thing? Cause now my vision is a little bit better. I can see up a little bit higher. Um, and so, yeah, as I've moved along in my career, I'm constantly looking forward. And one of the things I said was like, I would look at other actors and I, on IMDB, and I would look at when they first got their first credit all the way up to like when they become a movie star. And with certain ones, I noticed that they had um, years of television experience. They had like guest star, co-star recurring, and then they had um, series regular, and then they would move on and do a film. So it kind of showed me, it's kind of like high school. You're gonna be a freshman. You're gonna be a sophomore. You're gonna be a junior. You're gonna have to take more classes. That's no surprise. Socially, things will change. Physically, you're gonna change you can see it also in the other students. So it's no surprise, like, you're gonna go through these changes. So it's like, okay, I can now more clearly visualize what it's gonna look like now that I'm just observing it. And so I would see, like, you know, this is what they need to do. So at one point I was like, I need to get a co-star, guest star. And once I got those, I was like, I'm moving up the mountain.
0: Sure, My vision's
2: becoming clear. And I was like, now I need to visualize becoming uh, a series regular. So actually, before I got on the originals, the year before I had auditioned for a show called The Following and I had tested for it. And it was one of the first times I tested. So when you do a test deal, they give you the contract and it tells you like how much you're gonna make. So I'm, I'm going from like no show and they hand me this contract and at the time it was like, you know, it was like tens of thousands of dollars per episode and I was like doing the math. But they hand this contract out to all actors who are auditioning. And each one has a different contract for different. So we all have contracts, but only one person still gets the role, but they need to do this as far as negotiating terms. It helps them to leverage sure. this and that. But anyway. I'm a good agent, by the way, <laughs> I need some help. I take I a big cut, like, don't yeah. <laughs> but don't worry. But So anyway, I remembered that when I was testing, I had said to myself, man, I wish I would test for something. I was like, this year my goal was I wanna test for something so I can experience what it's like. So I tested and then I went from the network to the studio and at the studio test, they kinda of just like sent me home. They're like, okay, thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll reach out to your manager. I was like, I did not get that part. And I like went in the car and I like cried about it. I called a friend and then later on it hit me. I was like, I asked to test for something because I had never experienced it because I wanted to feel it. That way I could visualize it better for the next time. This was something that Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about in his book in in Total Recall. I'll take 10% of that book too. Thank you, Arnold. (laughs) Um, He went to go to his like first uh, Mr. Uh, Olympia Worlds or something like that. And he goes, if I can get in the top six, I know like this is for me. So he goes there, he gets second place. And he goes, why did I not envision first? And he goes, I'll never ever do that again. I'll never just visualize, you know, getting in the top six. Always visualize first place. And so I was like, dang, I just wanted to test. And I told my manager that, like, I just want to test. And I was like, oh, hell no. Next year, we're booking it. We're going to get it. So I, the Originals was actually at the same studio with the W for the WB with the same people in the same room. It was the same casting office as the following. So here I was again in the same office, same room. A year ago, I got sent home. And this year, I was like, my confidence was up. I had visualized it. And I knew, and, and I, had, I was auditioning against um, um, some other really, really talented actors. One of them was pa- is Pedro Pascal, okay. who's in Narcos, yeah. And, and yeah, he's in Equalizer. Yeah. And I ran into him, he goes, oh, you were focused. He's like, you had your <laughs> headphones on, like you were gonna get that part. Right before the race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's, that, it's that same sort of calm. Like, yeah. You can tell before a race, like someone who's um, peacocking, they got the nice shoes on, they're real loud. They got the headphones. They're making, they're drawing a lot of attention. And then you see the one that's real quiet and they're just like warming up and they're going through their emotions. And you're like, then you get in the lane, you're like, oh, they're in lane four. So they're the fastest. Like they don't need to like show off, they are it. And then you run the race and sure enough. Number four. Number four, lane four, lane yeah, four or five. Four. They're the ones. Yeah. And that used to throw me off when I would go to track meets. My energy was everywhere. I I just didn't want to be embarrassed, this and that. I didn't know where I stacked up. Oh, this kid's got really good shoes. Oh, they're just laughing to have a good time. And then when we ran the race and I was like, I came in like first or second, I was like, oh, I don't need to think or worry about anybody else. I just need to like stay clear and and focus. But to go back to, um, yeah, what you're asking about visualization, one of the key things why I have so much free time and try to keep it that way is like I need to be able to see it. Like I not, I need to be able to see it and feel it. Um, just in the acting sense, one of the things we'll read the script, we'll imagine ourselves in it as actors, we'll feel the emotions, and then if it resonates and hits with us, we know we can play the part. Well, then why not me think about what's my next year gonna be like? Okay, how's my relationship going to be like? What? How? We, how am I going to navigate? We're going on a vacation. We'll do this. We'll do that. What about the season when we? You know, it's going to be the busy season where they're going. People are going to be moving jobs. Okay, we're going to need to find good talent. We're going to place them with these people. I already got the clients lined up. So then when it happens, it's it's a lot easier. But also your your body, you've already kind of lived through it, you know, and so mm-hmm. you're you're ready to to just move forward.
1: Sure. Yeah. The Did you have you seen it? Yeah. Last
2: last thing about visualization.
0: Did you visualize making out with Hillary Duff? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know she's like the new age. Like like when I grew up as Kelly Kapowski on Saved by the Bell. Oh, I relate that to Hillary Duff of the new age. So you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, so I, never, I never realized like a, that. Hillary, I, at least in my opinion, my opinion, she's the new age uh, Kelly Kapowski. Maybe that's she'd probably hate me for saying that. But
2: nah, she's super cool. She'd probably love that. She'd really love that uh also she's an excellent kisser I, I i told her this personally and said it in many many interviews i'm very lucky lucky man <laughs> i might need to become an actor No doubt.
0: let's go what are i'll tell my wife hey i just you know just got to make you know i'll, I'll help be uh hillary duff's like uh you know, practice kisser, you know, (laughs) I'll warm her up for Charles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. She needs that. Yeah. (laughs) We're gonna have to
2: cut,
0: Hey, we're gonna have to cut this out. Oh, no, 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 I gotta make out with Charles again. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, no, that's 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 an interesting. one I was looking at, it seems like you guys have a great relationship. At least from the the research and the videos. I mean, it seems like you guys have a pretty good relationship.
2: Yeah, I I really admire her, and I've gotten to know her more and more. We work in New York three months out of the year together, and and during those three months, we spend a lot of time together because you know most of my scenes are with her, and and I, especially this last year, um, really got to know her more, and and she just had a another kid, and and get to know um, her fiance now, and just learn more about her and her life um and yeah i mean I, I like she's a really good person that's great to hear yeah like i'm astounded by her <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know cuz she's been suc- successful since she was like 12 and i'm just like i'm in awe of her like i really really am
1: which is awesome cuz i mean as you walked in as you came in the office people are in awe of you obviously you know when mm-hmm. people want to take pictures but to hear that you still have that genuine awe obviously like when you get to work with someone that you've probably grown up watching and then you still you probably still you still get a little starstruck with certain, certain, oh, yeah,
2: I, Oh, yeah. I saw Denzel and I just froze, <laughs> I just like stood there and watched him get into his car. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I like I remember like walking across, walking by Sam Jackson at, at Comic Con, and I was like, Oh, it's Sam Jackson. It's like, I was like, Say, mother, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I think of
0: Denzel, like King Kong doesn't have. I'm yeah, like, I keep thinking of his lines, man. I'd, I'd be frozen, and be like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's a trip. So, how have you handled, um, you know, like all of the celebrity fame? Now, I mean, obviously, it continues to grow as your career is growing. Uh, it seems like you're staying humble. Is there anything? Is that just your your roots, or is there things that you're like, "All right, hey, I need to," you know, keep that, you know, because that's just you. Or is there anything? Um, it's just natural. I mean, it's just interesting. How do you um, stay humble and stay out of maybe? drugs alcohol different you know things that could influence or
2: take down your career right um you know it's just many things uh one is just a love for the the craft like i wouldn't want to cheat it you know i heard somebody else say that once you start cheating your work you know you might as well just give it over to somebody else you know who will respect it um and also seeing the the road lined with the um Carnage of, yeah the <laughs> Lots ca- of carnage right? the carnage of of past yeah. um, actors who have gone that route um, and, and i 'm a big fan of Denzel, and I watch all his interviews, and you know I, I, he says he 's an actor he 's not a celebrity, and that 's not what he does, so for me. My job is I'm um, I'm an actor. I'm not necess- I'm not a celebrity. Um, but when people do appreciate what I do, I remember somebody else said, you just handle it with dignity. You allow yourself to walk away from that interaction with dignity allow the other person to keep their dignity as well. And actually, there's a good episode on Atlanta where Paperboy is like fighting his celebrity. And then that, that episode where he gets lost in the woods at the beginning, you know, people are like, yo, Paperboy. And he's like, man, I'm just trying to keep it real. You know, like kind of like, kinda like shrugs them off and then he goes through all this stuff where he has to accept that he's paper boy like he is now sort of a a part he's in everyone else's lives and at the end he ends up in that um convenience store the gas station and guy's like yo you're paper boy after like making his way out of the woods and getting beat up and bloody and he's like yeah man he goes you want a picture he goes, come here. And then he takes the camera and he holds it for the for the boy. And he's like, you know, this is how we pose. So his transformation is he accepts it and now he, he approaches it gracefully. And he even like helps and guides the young boy about how to, you know, go through this. Where before his interactions, you know, kind of for him to keep him, his humility and sort of his realness, it left the other person kind of like, man, well, F you, you know, right. it's like, cause I see you as this, and now you're trying to tell me, nah, you're not that, you're this. And it's just like, oh, I'm the asshole. <laughs> and, you know, and so I I learned that, like, you know, just let everyone have their have their dignity and and you know, it's all love. And people come up to you. It's because this feeling. And that was one of the things, you know, you come to terms with is especially as an actor, it's like you want to impart a feeling and be um visceral for me it was always like like be as visceral as possible so people feel something so if they feel something then there's a natural connection then they want to see you again so business-wise that's good for me right you know right but i'm opening myself up where now you feel like you know me so when you see me on the street or on the subway in new york when i'm work, when i'm on my way you know you're gonna come right up to me you know, we're going to have to ride a few stops together. It might be a little awkward, <laughs> but I'm going to take that picture with you or I'll, I'll ask you about your day, um, you know, and, and this and that. It's great. It's great.
1: <clears throat> What's next for Chuck? You talk about visualization. You've made the, uh, the originals. Uh, obviously, you just, you just keep growing. What, what would you say is, uh, you know, you think movies is, is ultimately the level you want to get to or, or, you know, what do you say kind of in the near future
2: yeah, I've had enough experience and everything, and and like I said, going back and watching and looking at everyone's um, like IMDb page, where there's like Denzel Washington. A lot of people know this, but he did six seasons on Saint Elsewhere. Um, um, Who's the uh, Jennifer Lawrence? She had three seasons on the Bill Engvall show, and then they would go on and and do go start their film career. Um, but the landscape has changed a little bit, where it's not just film is big, but also the television series. Um, for me, it's it's about um, the next thing is. Um, being the lead on a show, carrying the show, li- having the show live through—you um, know—a a character that I can portray um, well. And it's about the, the character, you know. For me, I'm looking for that, for that Hamlet or that Othello, you know—that um, so real sort of a, a good, impactful role, but that has depth and layers for me to enjoy doing it. If that makes sense. Um, but then, Yeah, I'll take a franchise. <laughs> yeah, that's hey. all philosophical. Yeah, I'm trying to get paid, pal. I'm, I'm trying to raise my quote. <laughs> I want that million. It's I want expensive. A West Hollywood million
0: contract. Yeah. contract. Hollywood's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> we were... Um, Mortgage. Well, and here's the thing is, and we were in a bachelor party for actually our producer here, Patrick, in Toronto, and it was the International Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And all these guys are flying in in private jets. And we're like... That, that we I want to see a plane with Charles Davis on it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, That's and, what's and, next. And Black and Air, Decker. And, Air and hey. Matt Black.
0: <laughs> and, and Black and Decker's in the plane with him. We're part of the posse, right? Are we no, in yeah. now? Okay, we're in. All right, we're yeah. in. What's up, CVG? So when you, yeah, when he is making those tens tens of millions of dollars, he <laughs> can't forget about us guys. Nah, nah, this, he's the Ohio man. boys from uh, from the podcast.
2: So. Yeah, but, uh, Somebody's going to be like, you know... We wanted you for that new Marvel film. We weren't sure, so we listened. Uh, we did some research. We found this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we we're like, "All right, he's an okay dude." <laughs> Plug, You're right? Five percent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Black and Decker. What up? Yeah.
0: You want to do a quick rapid yeah. fire? Yeah, quick, quick rapid fire. If I can speak here, yeah, yeah we'll, say it uh, three times fast. Yeah, yeah. Quick rapid fire. We'll ra- quick don't fire. be a
1: tongue twister. twister. Don't be trying to look.
2: Yes. You travel a lot. <clears throat> yes. Yes, answer that one. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Next question. <laughs> Moving on.
1: Uh, no. What's the? Uh, what would you say is the best place to live on Earth? Where would you, if you had a favorite place to live of all the places you've been? I like Bordeaux, France.
2: Why? Bordeaux. Why? I can't just get you. You can't just keep. Oh, going. beautiful. The architecture, the people, the food. Uh, it's right by this river. Everyone goes out at like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock to sit by the, watch the sunset. The sun doesn't set till like 9.55 in the summer to be exact. Um, wine country. Um, and I like French culture. Yeah. Beautiful women. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful women, beautiful, beautiful women. I keep trying to bring the women. Western hey, Europe, I'm care yeah. of my man here. Next question, <laughs> what about your your favorite show to watch? TV series. Um, right now it's this uh, French show called uh, um, Call My Agent or, or 10%, um, that's how much you'll get. <laughs> um, yeah, I like, oh God, yeah. That, uh, Atlanta, I uh, actually like the show New Girl. Um, Game of Thrones is now over. Luther with Idris Elba. I haven't watched it. Oh, you gotta watch that. Yeah. Gotta watch that show, yeah. Do you watch shows differently now?
1: Not at your, do you still kind of look on as from a fan? Because you kind of know what goes in on what it takes to put it together. Do you watch them differently now? Or are you kind of still a, just a true fan kickback
2: in your free time? Yeah. No, no, no. I can kick back and, and enjoy I'm a bit more selective because there's a lot more television out now and there's a lot more films. So I used to rush to see everything, you know, foreign films, documentaries. Um, I'd be at the, on a Saturday, Sunday for hours and then, you know, try to watch everything. But no, I've missed a lot. I really haven't seen Breaking Bad. I haven't seen Sopranos. I haven't really watched a bunch of Friends. I haven't seen like, you know, like a lot of things that I haven't seen. Um, what's the one with the the girl and the dystopian future and the thing? Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. So I just can't. I just <laughs> get around to it. Should I ask this one? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> most popular or I guess most important quality. In a young lady?
2: Um, confidence. Because underneath that confidence is a, then a security. Um, and, you know, I mean, someone who's secure. And and that confidence also has an openness. Like, for me, I like to have the world open up. I really like foreigners. That's Because there's a different culture. And there's something that I can learn. Um, it's something that's more of a mystery to me. Um, so confidence and, and and openness. And, yeah. All right. I'm just trying to get
0: you a plug here. To be
2: specific. We're going we're going Yeah, okay. anywhere from 5 seven <laughs> he, to he, 5. I thought you were nine. about to
0: ask your other rapid fire question. What? would he who would you rather date, right? This is what you said, j lo or Holly Berry, is that right? You had on the on the pre-questionnaire.
1: Or Kelly Kapowski.
0: I just was talking
1: about who's That's kind of
0: three random people. Yeah, who, who's
1: that? j lo
0: Okay, A lo J okay. lo Rod, watch out, buddy. A-Rod, yeah. a Rod. Yeah, yeah. Charles Davis. I think you is got some a rod Yeah. A Rod's trying to get in the podcast game with one called the Corp. So the, the underdog podcast is yeah. coming for the Corp. We're, we're coming for the Corp. Oh yeah, so yeah. you can take him down. All right, we'll yeah, see. yeah. And, All right. And, and I'll we got try, Charles I'll, Davis. Try to, I'll
2: try to wedge in there. <laughs> and to try to break them up. J Lo's like
0: fifty. Story. I saw over the weekend. I didn't realize she was that old. And she she's was like on a doing some fashion show, and she was wearing that her famous green dress. Oh yeah. And uh, they were like, yeah, she's fifty and wearing that. I'm like, she's fifty. Holy cow. No, that's why I choose J-Lo. Uh, <laughs> just never gets old. <laughs> no. Just like you. Like I said, you're getting younger. I especially know. on Wikipedia. Younger,
1: 29, right? 29. 29, and 28, something 28, like that. Yeah, right in there. Uh, 39. Uh, well, no, man. Uh, you know, I think on behalf of the underdog and you being here, uh, thank you for taking the time to, you know, on the weekend uh, to, to come out and, and spend some time with us. Talk about, you know, your journey and your career. Uh, as Kyle mentioned in the beginning, the, the purpose of the underdog is – to hear compelling stories and to hear the journey, but not, not only the journey, but how it relates to, you know, the people that are going to listen to this podcast and, in business and what we can take away the different nuggets and hopefully imp, implement in into our own personal lives. So, you know, you have anything?
0: Yeah. Where can uh, everyone engage and follow you? Um, you know, I know you have, I think believe Instagram, Twitter, what are the handles? Hundred thousand for or what would you recommend for them to engage with, with you. Do the underdog. Do the underdog. <laughs> okay. Anything you want. Come You're not getting 10 dog. <laughs> We're in a big deficit. So yeah, you have to help us get out first. Then we'll give you ten percent.
2: <laughs> no, but for real. Um, I try not to make myself uh, that accessible. Like if you look at my Instagram, it's uh, photography. I keep it photography. And and I think it's better to to know me, to get to know me through the art. You know, again, as Denzel said, if they can get you on uh, Monday through Friday, they ain't gonna pay for you on Saturday, Sunday, on the weekend. So, you know, I like that. Yeah, I like that. Well, we
0: appreciate uh, as he. I mean, I learned so much through this interview as far as, like I said, your journey and the discipline and and commitment to the craft and trusting yourself and all of those things. Um, I think after I re-listen, I'll, I'll definitely write even more notes on, on things I can implement to my daily life. So thank you for sharing it with us, Black & Decker here, as well as our audience and um, taking time before you go back to LA. And uh, best of luck. We're, we're going to be rooting for you and uh, really appreciate your time. See if we can sneak you out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Undercover. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. I really enjoyed yeah. this. Yeah, yeah we do this again. Thanks for listening to the underdog podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google podcast apps and send our Twitter handle, a screenshot of your rating at underdog pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the U D P.